That transfer portal continues to stir and stir and stir. More departures from Tennessee's roster, but when are the Vols going to get somebody from the transfer portal? We'll talk on that and a little bit more here on your mailbag edition of the show. It's your Tuesday Locked On Balls. You are Locked On Balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you, Tuesday morning, everybody. Welcome to Lockdown Balls. We are a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it is your team every single day. I'm Eric Kane. Appreciate you for being here today, making this your first listen. Shout out every dayers. And uh, we've got a big, fun show coming up. Mailbag questions in segment three. It's when you take over the show. And then the latest in portal activity for Tennessee. Uh, more players darting to the portal, and uh, it's really taking a hit a certain position group. I'll tell you that here in a moment. This episode is brought to you in part by LinkedIn Jobs. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions do apply. All right, so more players dart to the transfer portal. That is two more defensive backs, two more cornerbacks. Well, one cornerback and one reportedly, and it's Mary McDonald, a star player, more of a safety, but... Tamarian McDonald's reportedly entered the transfer portal, or he's going to enter the transfer portal. In fact, um, you know, Volquest says um, his paperwork has been filed and his name should appear here in, in the coming days. But Tamarian McDonald and then Deshaun Rucker. That brings Tennessee's total up to nine players in the transfer portal, six of which hail from the defensive backfield. More on that in a moment. But first, you guys want to know I mean, who's Tennessee going to get, right? Obviously, Tennessee has narrowed in and made tight end the number one priority. Again, we know the names of Holden Stays, who was on campus for an official visit this past weekend. He's from Notre Dame, but he is taking other visits as well. And so Tennessee didn't close him down, and that is a little bit worrisome. Uh, he's at Washington on Monday. He'll be at Oklahoma later in the week. But Holden Stays already being at Tennessee but you hope Tennessee can kind of survive this week. Uh, Tennessee coaches, Alec Ablin, assistant coach, tight end coach, and of course Josh Heupel met with Kentucky tight end Jordan Dingle on Monday afternoon, hoping to get Jordan Dingle in for an official visit at some point in time this week. Dingle from Kentucky has played many games in this league, has started in this league, and um, he's got two years of eligibility remaining, I do believe. Uh, 20 passes, 220 yards, and three touchdowns. Uh, in 2022. This year, as we said on yesterday's show, limited action. He had four catches, 61 yards against Tennessee specifically in 2023, but was held to just a couple of games in 2023. Uh, but Dingle is another uh, player that I think is going to start getting a lot of traction. Tennessee met with him yesterday, hoping to get him on campus for an official visit. So we will see what happens there. We mentioned Bauer Sharp, um, the southeastern, uh, southeastern Louisiana uh, target from the SES level. Former quarterback turned tight end. Uh, Tennessee likes him as well. If there's kind of a pecking order here, I would say stays is one, Dingles two, and Sharp is three. But again, it's one of those where if one of those three say, "Hey, I want to be here," you take them immediately because you have you have Ethan Davis on roster who's going to play and start if healthy. You have Emmanuel Koye on roster who, again, I don't believe is ready to to help this roster out in 2024. Um, you need, you don't have Jonathan Eccles in the class coming in. You need bodies at that position. If I were calling the shots, I would take two players from the transfer portal. If they'll come and say to that group, Hey, Ethan Davis is going to play. He knows the playbook. He he's 
got the skill set we want. We're going to have him play no matter what. But you two coming in, whether it be Sharp or Dingle or Dingle or Stays or whoever, you know, we'd like to play three tight ends. Prove it. Um, I, I, my point is I would take whoever wants to come at the tight end position to Tennessee, as long as you're not a scrub, I would take him uh, because I think that's kind of where you are right now. So I would sound the uh, the alarm bell if, I, uh, if I'm this staff and – Obviously, they're channeling on the, on the tight end position very, very early in this cycle. Uh, Chris Braswell II is also a name that I mentioned on yesterday's show. He's a wide receiver from Tulane. All right, he's a guy that is uh, kind of what Tennessee wants—an outside receiver. You know, six-two-three-ish. Um, you know, long, lengthy. Tennessee wants an outside receiver. Why does Tennessee want an outside receiver? Well, you know, coming in via the via the committed class you got a couple of wide receivers, including Mike Matthews, the five-star, that can play that slot position. You also have Dante Thornton, who has experience playing the slot position if needed, along with Squirrel White. Need another outside body type receiver, and Chris Braswell, the second, um, is a guy that Tennessee has a lot, of, uh, a lot of interest in right now. He was in town for a short period of time um, earlier this week, yesterday to be in fact. He's got, I think, three years of eligibility remaining, and um, he's going to go see a couple other schools this week as he's looking to make kind of a quick decision. But was in town, was meeting with Tennessee, and I think that's big. Uh, he's actually six foot five, 195 pounds. He's a little taller than I once said. 44 receptions, 711 yards, five touchdowns in 2023. And again, we'll have three years of eligibility remaining. So Chris Braswell the second, kind of that wide receiver Tennessee's looking at right now. We talked about the tight end position. Holden stays, Jordan Dingle, Bauer Sharp. Um, I mentioned a defensive back um, on yesterday's show from UCLA. That might be a tall task, plus his, I believe his position coach at UCLA went ahead and took a job at USC. Uh, so, you know, he's a really, really good prospect to begin with, but um, that might be a tall stretch. But there is a defensive back name mentioned in, in the Tennessee interest right now. Uh, Tennessee does have interest in Jalen Farmer, who played, who has been playing two years for the Florida Gators, offensive lineman. I believe he's got multiple years of experience left remaining as well. So those are kind of some of those names at this moment uh, for the University of Tennessee, who Tennessee is involved with. Again, kind of evolving as the day goes on. There'll be new names mentioned, but I kind of want to give you guys a rundown, uh, the latest that we're hearing, essentially, Tennessee in the transfer portal. Now, Tennessee, again, let's go back to what I said a moment ago. Um, two other defensive backs have entered the transfer portal. Now at time of this recording, things can change. Always have to put that disclaimer in there. Tennessee has got nine players leave the roster to the transfer portal. And a lot of people are kind of freaking out about this. And I'll just leave it at this. I want to remind you guys, because um, I often forget as well. This is unusual. Again, college football is so weird and wacky right now because you introduce NIL you have the COVID year of eligibility as well. All that just kind of happened at once. In normal years, a lot of these players that have left via the transfer portal who have one year of eligibility remaining would be out of eligibility. Warren Burrell would be out of eligibility. Brandon Turnage would be out of eligibility. Um, Tamari McDonald would be out of eligibility. Just some examples of guys who have entered the portal. Um, and again, McDonald put his paperwork in on Monday. His name will officially appear here in the coming days. But those are just some examples of guys who would be out of eligibility in normal years. So it's kind of, actually, McDonald wouldn't. He would have, um, no, McDonald would. Yeah, he played in 2020. 2020, 21, 22, 23. That's how math works. Four. Um, so you're kind of having to deal with this problem, if you will, right now. Whereas in two years, you won't have to deal with all this. Um, there won't be 
decisions to be made on should you allocate NIL funds for this older player to come back and play one more year or should you reinvest that investment if you will to the transfer portal or to your traditional recruiting you know opportunities and via NIL so that's kind of the balancing act you're having to play right now but to Mary McDonald I mean he's one guy that like Addison Nichols in my opinion he's kind of one guy and really Danico Slaughter I like a lot of these guys I do um he's one of those guys where it's kind of like okay maybe you should have entertained bringing him back because he's got so much experience he can play both safety and star um but it's intriguing to know kind of what that asking price was and if it was too much then obviously it's an easy decision to kind of let him walk so Tamari McDonald 115 tackles throughout his four seasons at Tennessee eight and a half TFLs four interceptions won the starting job at star last year in fall camp and that was really really cool to see was hampered by injuries this year uh Deshaun Rucker as well appeared in 24 games over three years at Tennessee primarily as a reserve but you've got nine players in the portal at the time of this recording six of which have hailed from the defensive backfield okay two of these players are out of eligibility or two separate players are out of eligibility Jalen McCullough Kamal Haddon you have two players who have yet to make decisions who have another year of eligibility remaining will they test NFL waters will they come back and play for Tennessee will they go into the transfer portal don't know yet but those two players are Gabe Judy Lolly and Wesley Walker worth noting Wesley Walker to transfer again would need to be a graduate student and he would have to do that after the spring semester so that's important to remember as well so you've got nine players in the portal from Tennessee six of which in the defensive backfield two guys separately have decisions to make two other guys separately are out of eligibility you have nine returners on the roster right now in the defensive backfield Christian Charles Christian Conyer Andre Turrentine Ricky Gibson Jordan Matthews Jordan Thomas Christian Harrison John Slaughter and Will Brooks. Will Brooks is a walk-on, but I put him in here because obviously he played some big snaps this year. And then you have four players currently committed for the class of 2024 in the defensive backfield. Boo Carter, Caleb Beasley, Marcus Gorey, uh, Idris Farouk. And so, yeah, your secondary kind of getting a whole different look now. And I have some questions uh, to get into later in the show when we get into our mailbag edition of the show, but I'll kind of tease it here. Now, I've been calling for young players to play in the defensive secondary at times. I know a lot of fans have as well. Well, here you go. <laughs> I mean, here you go. Mailbag questions still to come right here on Lockdown Balls. I do want to tell you about our friends over at LinkedIn. When you're hiring for small businesses, you want to have as many top-tier candidates available at your disposal. That's why you've got to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn's got a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of, 86 of small businesses get qualified candidates within 24 hours by using LinkedIn Jobs. Thankfully, LinkedIn Jobs, they've got an intuitive process, making it quick and easy to help you put your resume online, your job description online, all that and more. Go check it out at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedInJobs.com slash LockedOnCollege. LinkedInJobs.com slash LockedOnCollege. Let me try that again. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege. LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege. Post your job for free. One more time, that's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege. Terms and conditions do apply. So as we continue on with what I like to call silly season here in the month of December, 
Uh, when you've got transfer portal activity galore, players leaving your program, as we talked about in segment number one, some names of interest that could be entering your program, again, as we talked about in segment number one. There's also those COVID guys who have announcements to make on if they're going to return or not. And um, late on Monday evening, Gerald Mincy actually made his decision. And, you know, I've kind of been assuming, and I've kind of been in my conversations you know, kind of acting like Gerald Mincy was going to be back. Um, technically, he was a redshirt junior, so he could have left. He could have went on and, and and either pursued an NFL career. He could have went on and um, kind of kind of left, you know, and, and started to do life or, wh- or whatever. He could have entered his name in the transfer portal. He was not a senior, so it's not like he had the option to go through senior day or whatnot. I don't know. It's a little bit different. Like uh, Uncle Rico style, when I played at Carson Newman, I, f- I didn't play my, my last year. I had one more eligibility one more year of eligibility because I registered my freshman year. I mean, you know, it's D2 football. It's time to move on with life. I had uh, not taken many internships throughout college, and so I needed to get a head start on this career that I wanted to do. Um, but I still had the opportunity to go through senior day and all that. I'm not sure kind of how all that works with Tennessee. I just know that Gerald Mincy didn't kind of go through that process. But he's still been one that we've been tracking. He's still been one that we've been following and saying, okay, well, has the option to come back? Will he? Won't he? Decision to make. Well, he tweeted out uh, about 7, a little after 7 o'clock on Monday evening. He gave a shout-out to the Vol Club, which, of course, is part of Spire, the collective for Tennessee, and uh, you know said he signed through the 2024 season. So uh, that all but assures that uh, Gerald Mincy is going to be back. Gerald Mincy is going to be playing football for Tennessee. And, and when you look at that offensive line kind of moving forward for Tennessee, it's starting to take shape for 2024. So... Cooper Mays is in the same boat. He has not made his announcement, but I feel like at this time he's probably going to be back. uh, Javante Spragans, same situation, has another year left, um, hasn't made an announcement, but I think at this time kind of leaning towards coming back. Um, Dane Davis, Jackson Lampley, two guys who have filled in, and Dane Davis has played an awful whole lot of football. Uh, Both of those guys have a year left. Um, Both of those guys did not go through senior day, neither did Cooper Mays. Um, and both of those guys, I feel like, will be back. So, again, announcements to come, but you're starting to kind of see and, and kind of see what that offensive line could look like. John Campbell's announced he's already back. Gerald Mincy announces he's back. So, they're, they're your tackles. At bare minimum, those are your tackles next year, right? I feel like Dane Davis is going to be back, so that's going to be in the fold right there. You look at the interior, I feel like Cooper Mays is going to be back at center. I feel like Javante Spragans will be back, but again, where is he going to be health-wise? Because, of course, he you know, tore up his knee there towards the end of the season. Um, Jackson Lampley, I feel like, is going to be back, so he's an option at guard. Ollie Lane is gone. J.J. Crawford is gone. Andre Keurig will be back. So that offensive line, where it was a lot of questions and, and honestly kind of concerning at points in times, you feel much better about what that 2024 offensive line is going to look like assuming everything else goes according to plan and Mays and Spragans and some of these other guys do come back. But what we do know right now is your bookend tackles are back. And if you're Nico Iamaliava, you got to feel really, really good about that. Now, durability is another issue. You know, those guys have got to stay healthy. John Campbell missed the last couple of games of the regular season. Gerald Mincy, I'll tell you this, Gerald Mincy showed a lot to me this year, if that makes sense. He, not like he had anything to prove to me. I mean, who am I, right? But the fact that he was going out there and just giving it everything he had, I mean, it showed guts, showed toughness. He was not healthy. And this is something that I, and I, I think he's going to be able to play in the bowl game. We'll continue to track it. But 
I mean, this is something that is not going to get healthy until you get off it and rest for a while. And really the back half of the season, I mean, he had a, he had a real knee issue. And you would see him go out there and try to give it a go and try to give it a go and continue to, to come off the field limping and, and not make it through games. But he was trying. And so many in this era of opting out, in this era of leaving your teammates out to dry, essentially, man, he didn't do that. So I gained some respect for Jalen Mincy this year. I really, really did. And so I'm excited to see him come back. Now, is he the role? <laughs> I'm not trying to say anything about I me. Mean, I don't know him personally. Um, I wouldn't say that he's a role model citizen on the football team. I wouldn't say that he's captain-esque. Um, but uh, again, I, I think that... Um, he showed toughness and durability last year whenever he was hurt, not durability, when he was hurt and he was really going through an injury. So, um, yeah, hats off to him. So, at bare minimum, Nico's got his tackles back. And then I think those other guys will start filing in, and you're going to get a pretty pretty decent offensive line that you feel good about on paper. Now, did that offensive line have shortcomings this year? Sure it did. You know, was it was – it, I mean, it was a semifinalist for the Joe Moore Award, which is given out annually to the nation's best offensive line. So – I mean, it's not like they were scrubs, you know. I mean, it was it was pretty decent, but uh, yeah, sure they had their shortcomings a little bit. And they need they need players to develop at the interior. They need some depth at tackle. They certainly do. But um, that was big news. That was big news on a Monday night. Um, uh, another thing that kind of took social media by storm, and I had a couple people. And if you're listening, thank you for tagging me because I did see it on Twitter. Um, because this has never been the talk. There's been no chatter. Typically. When things happen, a lot of times we know it's going to happen, right? Or or we know it's coming or something like that. Um, got tagged in a tweet on, on, on Twitter or on X uh, Monday night. And it was Kamal Haddon tweeting out the eye emoji and an orange. Somebody said, what's up? He said, another year left. And so everybody's like, what, 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 what's going on? And somebody tagged me in that. And so I do appreciate it if you're listening right now. Um, <laughs> but, uh. I go in there and, you know, obviously talk to the team over VolQuest and we check around, we poke around, we talk to some, you know, confirm and try to figure it out. And everybody's like, no, he's done. <laughs> like, he's done. He has no years of eligibility remaining. And it's just so frustrating in this era of COVID years. Um, it's just confusing. Now, y- you have four years to play, okay? And I'll just use Kamal Haddon as an example. You have four years to play. He was a junior college in 2019. He played, okay? 2020 doesn't count for anybody. He played in 2021. He played in 2022 and he played in 2023. Those are your four years. Now, you don't just ha- you don't just magically have a, a redshirt year to use at your disposal. You can't slap that on the 2022 season or whatever. That's not how it works. If you play in 4 years, you're done. And in 2020, you know, everybody played, but it doesn't count for anybody. So, um I just thought it was kind of funny. I mean, heck, when I saw that, I'm like, oh, that'd be good. Let's poke around here. Because all we've heard about since his injury is, oh, he's done. He's out of eligibility. He's out of eligibility. Don't get me wrong. I wish there was another year of eligibility for him because he was playing some elite football. He was playing elite football for Tennessee at the time of his injury. And so, uh, but anyway, we did poke around. We did figure it out. We did, you know, ask around and everything. It is, he does not have any eligibility left. (laughs) And so, I don't know. If he was just messing around, if he got if he if somebody told him something that wasn't true, I, I don't know, I don't know. But Kamal Haddon does not have any eligibility left. So anyway, some late night or late evening ish news items I wanted to get in here in the podcast from a Monday. Um, still expecting some announcements as the week goes on, and we'll recap it all. We'll track it all for you right here 
on Locked on Vols. Hey, when we come back, we will answer your questions here on a mailbag edition of the show. I do want to give a shout out first to our friends over at FanDuel. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offer stays hot at FanDuel. Gotta love that new copy, right? Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. I guess it's not that different. But that's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time than right now to get in on that action. The app is so easy to use. Um, I use it on a daily basis, a wide range of betting options that include spreads, which is the normal stuff that we talk about, player props, individual things that if you're new to FanDuel, I think you'll really, really enjoy where you're paying attention to just one area of uh, of the football game or maybe one player. Totals, overs, we love them here at Locked On Balls or unders and a whole lot more. It's at FanDuel.com slash Locked On. $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. It's $150 if your team wins. It's at FanDuel.com slash Locked On. FanDuel.com slash Locked On. To continue the NFL season this year, FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Every Tuesday here on Locked On Vols, you everydayers get to take over the show with the mailbag edition um, of the weekly podcast. So without being said, let's go ahead and get into it. Let's go to Todd. Todd says, has defensive back now turned into a position of need in the transfer portal? Um, Potentially. Again, I mentioned they're looking at a safety from UCLA or a cornerback from UCLA. They've offered Seed Gibbs from the FCS level. I don't think anything is super you know, close to being done with a defensive back in the transfer portal. But, you know, more than anything, this just frees up an opportunity to, you know, continue development and play some of these young guys that you really, really liked in these past couple of recruiting classes. Um, So we'll see what happens in that regard. But, you know, losing all these guys, and again, I can't stress this enough, like a lot of these guys are COVID seniors and they've done a lot of good things for your program and you like them, and again, there's a couple that I wouldn't mind having back on this team next year, but in normal years, they'd be gone anyway. So, like, is it a bad look? Like, oh, Tennessee's lost six, nine players of the portal, six of which in the defensive backfield. I mean, sure, you can spew it any way you want. We can we can interpret stats any way we want and stuff like that, but in normal years, they'd be gone. So, um, yeah, I mean, to answer your question, I do think Tennessee, Tennessee is looking at a couple defensive backs in the portal. If one makes sense with multiple years of eligibility, I'm sure they'll bring them in. But at this time, nothing is super, super close to being done. Uh, Jared said, uh, wouldn't targeting another receiver in the portal, these are some already on the roster, such as Nimrod, Webb, Spillman, Laycock, from wanting to stick around and sit behind someone who's ready to play? At what point do you say, we don't need another wide receiver? We're fine, and we will win with the depth that we already have. Good question. We'll say Tennessee needs more bodies at wide receiver. Just do. Um, Look at this year, for instance. You came in, Brew McCoy got hurt, Dante Thornton got hurt. A point in time, Dante Thornton missed even before a season, you know, injury, season ending injury, missed a game here or there. Your numbers were scarce at wide receiver this year. Um, at one point in time, I mean, as the season went along, you didn't really have like if Squirrel White got hurt, Chaz Nimrod would have to bump inside and Webb would have to start on the outside. And and then at that point, along with Romel Keaton, you, you truly only had Nathan Laycock, and, and Nate Spillman didn't even dress for the majority of these games this year. Like, you only had, like, Nate Spill, or uh, uh, Nathan Laycock as a scholarship wide receiver available. You had some walk-ons that you could have, you know, like Jack Jansen could have probably went in and played. My point is, you didn't have a whole lot of bodies at the receiver position. You had a lot of guys into the transfer portal last year. 
Uh, both the Jimmies, Callaway and Holiday, entered the transfer portal last year. Both have played for Tennessee. Um, you had, um, oh, the guy, what is his name? It's funny when you leave. Uh, when you leave, uh, I forget your name. Um, fr- from uh, from um, the mid state. Oh my goodness, what is his name? Oh my gosh, I hate this. Everyone's gonna text me tomorrow when they're listening and say this guy. He went to Wake Forest. I can see his face. I can see his face right now. In five minutes, I'll remember his name and I'll come back and say it. But anyway, that guy, he left and he saw some playing time, uh, you know, with Tennessee over the years. So um, you just need more bodies. Again, Tennessee wants an outside receiver. I think they're going to try and go bring one in. Tennessee's brought in a receiver each of the past three transfer portal cycles. Javante Payton, Brew McCoy, Dante Thornton. I expect that to, to keep up this cycle as well. Uh, let's go to... Noah. Noah says, with Joe Milton accepting a senior bowl invitation, are you still of the opinion that he will play against Iowa? Until he says he's not, yes. Um, but, but again, I, I had a lot more confidence earlier in December, like right after the Vanderbilt game. Again, he even said to the media, we have one more to go together. And so that kind of <laughs> that kind of insinuated that he was going to play. But there's been some chatter that you know maybe there's a decision to be made. So as of right now, I'll say yes, but I don't think it's a slam dunk. Uh, but I do think we're going to get that answer one way or the other, unless you see an opt-out graphic from him or not. I mean, coaches are starting to prepare for the for uh, the Iron Bowl for Iowa, and um, they're going to need to know, you know, this week. So at this time, I'll say yes, but uh, it won't shock me at all if he ends up opting out. Uh, with all the DBs in the portal, does that concern you that we won't have these young guys, or give you optimism that something was figured out for our young guys internally? Um, I mean, maybe I just, I think a lot of it has to do with allocation of NIL to be completely honest with you and what makes sense from a business perspective and what doesn't, I think that has more to do with it. Plus, again, you have these young guys that you want to play, you know, like Ricky Gibson and you want to see what Jordan Matthews can do. CeeLo says, uh, okay, a lot of DB talk with all the DBs hitting the portal. What's this mean for Martinez? Is there anything new on his extension? If he leaves, do you think we'll see any of the younger DBs hit the portal as well? Um, as of right now, the talk is that he's going to get an extension. Um, he's the only assistant coach right now that's not under contract for the 2024 season. The talk here of late is that Willie Martinez will get an extension. So, again, um, it's not official. We'll see exactly kind of what, what comes of that. Let's go to Matt Beavers with all the DBs hitting the portal. Do they know something that the position coach is leaving? Uh, I don't think that's the case. Um, that's a good question. Blue Light K9 says... Is all the NIL deals for one year or usually multi-year? And do players have to repay if they opt out of the portal? Um, some of these questions I don't know, uh, to be honest with you, in terms of NIL and how that's allocated. Um, I do know that I do know of a couple of players who are on multi-year deals. I do know of several players who are on one-year deals. Um, I think it can be, I think it can you know different diff, differ from player to player. Um, I, I'm not going to even try to attempt to answer the whole, do you have to pay back money? Um, I, I, I don't know the answer to that. Um, I, I don't know how all that works and I wouldn't really feel comfortable talking about it because I think I have an idea, but if I'm wrong, I don't want to you know say that on this show. Um, but to answer the first part of your question, there's a lot of guys who are on one year deals and, and that is, that is not uncommon. Uh, let's go just get a couple more here before we end our show. James had a question last week and I didn't get to it. Um, essentially about someone, he, he screenshotted something on, a, on another show that we do and, and said, can we stop 
the narrative about playing young guys. Heupel is a coach's son. It's obvious that he prioritizes guys that win jobs and stay loyal to the program. That is part of the culture. Um, my critique is when you're down by 40 in the fourth quarter, you should be playing young guys. When you're up 40 in the fourth quarter, you should be playing young guys. When you're getting repeatedly beat, beat, and beat, play after play, throw in a young guy and see if that can change the difference. I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to say that you know, Nico should have been starting over Joe all year long. Like a lot of people would, I'm not, I'm not going to say that, but my point is when you're up, when you're down by 40 against Georgia, when you're down 28 to whatever the score was, when you're down 38 to 10 in the fourth quarter to Georgia, why not play Nico? Why not play Ricky Gibson the rest of the way? Why not play Addison Nichols at guard? Why not bring in Sham to play tackle instead of putting an injured Gerald Mincy? And I just, that is what I don't comprehend. I don't get that whatsoever. Is that going to make or break them as a player getting a few snaps and a blowout win or loss? Probably not, but it's experience. I mean, don't you think it'd be beneficial for Nico to get a couple series at Missouri in the fourth quarter when Tennessee would get his brains beat in? The crowd environment, all that type of stuff, road SEC? I do. I mean, I, I truly do. So my biggest critique was, more so than anything, in wins and losses, blowout fashion, why in the world are you not playing more young guys? And, and even so, more than that, I think you should have saw Ricky Gibson play a whole lot more as part of the, as part of the regular rotation. Um, that's, that's my biggest critique on, on the whole thing. Uh, Jacob says, is the high school tight end currently committed to South Carolina a possible flip candidate for Tennessee, or is it the fact that he hasn't made it in for a visit say there's no interest? Um, I think it's more of the latter, like, you know, Michael Smith, teammates of Jake Merklinger, like there's an obvious connection there, but until he truly shows that Tennessee is a real option for him, then he's not a real option. He had so many chances to come up here to see a game or to come up here and take part of activities for a weekend. And he didn't. So I'm not going to say that it's never going to happen, but at this time right now, you can't view him as a viable candidate to flip him away from South Carolina. You just can't, in my opinion. I uh, got a couple more. Let's go over to the Lockdown Balls channel. Oh, Eric says, are there any Leos that can bulk up to play strong side defensive end? Good question, because that's what happened to Tyler Barron. Tyler Barron was a Leo in 2021, and he was always kind of a bigger guy and would be a best fit at a five technique or your traditional defensive end, which is what he did. He played the last couple of years, did a good job. Um, James Pierce, Joshua Josephs, and Caleb Herring, all different body types than that of Tyler Barron. So no, I don't think that you'll see any of those three um, flip over. Now, Kellen Lindstrom is considered an edge committed guy in the class of 2024. I could see him playing that position. Carson Gentle, I could see him playing that position, another committed guy for the class of 2024. Um, but the, the three that are on your roster right now, um, Roman Harrison leaving. James Pierce, Joshua Josephs, and Caleb Herring. I would say no because their body type just doesn't really fit that. All right, got a couple more here, and uh, we'll go to the YouTube channel. I went and, and found the, the the questions in the comment section of YouTube, and I wrote them down, and I, I, I exited out of the document. I typed them out. I exited out of the document before I hit save, and that's my bad. So quickly, I will just scan the questions here. Vols fan in Georgia. Question for tomorrow. How long do the COVID seniors have to announce? Is there a deadline? Good question, because I don't think that there is a deadline. There's not necessarily a deadline, but again, you're putting your roster together. And we have a good idea. I went through a lot of those COVID seniors where I thought, you know, lean to coming back, lean to leaving yesterday or the day before yesterday. Um, I don't think there's necessarily a quote-unquote deadline, 
but the coaches need to know and the coaches may know but they just haven't announced it to the world yet like jacob warren i think he announced that he was coming back last year in january but like the coaching staff knew that he was coming back you know what i'm saying so there's no quote unquote deadline but again this week is big because you are truly building your roster for 2024 and so i, I think that uh, the coaching staff will at least need to uh need to know this week in my opinion all right we're gonna call it quits right there thank you so much for sending in your questions your comments all that and more for the mailbag edition of the show thanks as always for tuning in to locked on vols the latest and transfer portal activity for the tennessee volunteers we'll talk about it every single morning right here on locked on vols can't thank you enough for being here you everydayers and i haven't got the graphic made yet so i haven't posted on social media but we hit 10k on youtube i've been begging for that for like weeks thank you all so much for supporting the show on the youtube channel and of course downloading the show wherever you listen to your podcast y'all are the best until tomorrow guys with josh ward for lower ward wednesday enjoy the rest of your tuesday everybody